Everyone knows the apron is the hardest part of the ring, but this is the nerdiest part of the ring, your weekly news roundup for the wide world of professional wrestling. I am your host for the evening, the five-star man, Asa Gray, and joining me at this time, as always, I call him the Stab, because he is softer than a baby's bottom, Dalton Anthony. Yo. Dalton, how you doing tonight? Uh, defeated. Yeah, you're getting it from all kinds of angles. Yeah, I'm catching it from every which way today. If it ain't my it's former manager, manager, it's my former best friend. It's fine. Uh, yeah. some someone's pulled ahead of you. I don't know who at this point. Derek, Derek. I was gonna say I I always just assumed I was second to Andy. Oh yeah, all right, you're third now. Like I've usually like I've usually I know I've usually been like in the in that number two spot, but that's okay. Cause like that's is that a race I really want to win? No, I, you you don't want to claim me. Or you don't want me to claim you. Right. Yeah. Glacier taught me that. It's not who you know. It's who's willing to, s- to say they know you. Oh, hang on. You Did you see that right there? What? It, you dr- you dropped. Oh, the, it was a name that you just dropped. Yeah. It was my a cold one, too. My yeah, one, my one pick, pick that. that one up. It's freezing. Anyway. All I'm, all I'm thinking is the very mean thing that Kevin Nash said. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that's fine. Moving on. Uh, so, even though I just spent, you know, however long crapping on you, uh, we start every week with the power of positivity. Something nice that was, that, that's happened in the world of pro wrestling to kind of counteract all the unnecessary toxicity and negativity that social media and just online in general tends to spew. And mine for the week goes to Bray Wyatt. But not because of any kind of like anything on television, but because Saturday, the morning of Extreme Rules, the morning that he was set to re-debut on WWE television, he tweeted out a link to the GoFundMe for Sarah Lee, the former Tough Enough winner who very tragically passed away, uh, leaving behind kids and, and a husband and a family. And just like, we talked about it last week. Uh, it's heartbreaking. But like... The timing of posting that, knowing that he's about to just completely resurge in the public discourse, and like he's going to have a ton of people going to his Twitter and going and and looking him up, and getting as many eyes on that GoFundMe as possible is just like the coolest thing. Yeah, that's some good people shit right there. Yeah. So I shout out to you know we'll we'll talk more about the the redebut here in a little bit when we talk about Extreme Rules, but like. Man, that was just, that was super cool, and I am just, like, I want to give that props. Yeah, that's pretty dope. It was it was a really kind thing to do, and v- very smart and very kind, because, like, I'm not going to lie, if I was in Bray Wyatt's shoes, I wouldn't have thought to do that. Like, not saying I wouldn't have done it, I just don't think I would have thought to do it. Yeah, you wouldn't have had the idea to be like, oh, a bunch of people are going to be looking at this, let me put eyes on something that's, like, that matters. Yeah, um, so that was really cool. Mine's not nearly as sweet. Again, <laughs> oh, it's I, never I, I a competition. I on you, but this isn't a competition. Oh yeah, like it, we're we're not looking to win. We're just we're just putting good out there. Yeah. Uh, Orange Cassidy won his first AEW title. That made yeah. me really happy. That was dope as hell. Um, he's been such a fun talent for the last like five six years in professional wrestling, just in general. And to see him kind of be, like, one of those AEW guys that always gets a good reaction, always has, like, really good matches. And they, like, give him the perfect way to win the title. Like, it could have happened a little sooner, probably. But yeah. that that match was a lot of fun. Um, to the point that he was getting the hammer. Danhausen stops him. Danhausen tries to curse him. Pac takes him out with the hammer. Bryce steals that hammer. He has another hammer. It was a lot. But it's one of those that if like Orange Cassidy's gonna win a title, I'd almost I I want it to be that way. Where it's like a big goofy thing. Um well, but yeah, no, I'm super happy that he finally is getting his uh his pra- well not praise, but like his accolades at uh, AEW. Uh it it's great that it's against Pac too, because they had the really good rivalry at this point a couple years ago it was like at the beginning of AEW because it was pre-covid yeah and then just like him coming out and Pac immediately just no 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 
Yeah. I, I, I dug that. So, yeah, the fact that it was, like, a long time. Like, even though the story itself has really only been going for a couple weeks, this version of it, there is history between those guys there. And yeah. that kind of, that, that makes it, that also makes it really cool. So, no, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, it made because, me super happy to see. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know that you weren't, I, I know that you were not able to watch it live, but I don't think I've ever actually asked you this question in the, in the week that it's been. Did you watch Extreme Rules? Uh, I've only seen, I, I watched the main event. Um, and by watch, I mean, I put it on in my car as I was driving home from Perryville. Cause I had I a, so much. I wasn't watching it. I was not watching it. I literally, okay. yeah, no, I, uh, I was about to just go and be like, listen here, mother, this is precious cargo. I'm a BJS. No, no, no. I like put, uh, I put Peacock on my phone, mm-hmm. uh, or I turned, I turned on the app. That's what I meant. I didn't download it just for that. Um, I like turned on the app. Um, I put on the pay-per-view and then I started driving home. I just like put the phone in my cup holder mm-hmm. and I heard what happened during the fight pit. I did yeah. not go. I watched the last four minutes of it because I uh, had to get gas. So I pulled into the <laughs> gas station and I was like, oh, we have to be wrapping up soon. Cause like I was halfway home whenever the fight pit started. And I was like, there's no way this match is going to go along because it's a fucking fight pit. Like, <laughs> those, those, these matches are not meant to be 30-minute classics. So I had gotten into uh, Rhodes by my house uh, gas station, and I was like, all right, cool, I'll just kind of watch it until the end. And then I realized, like, oh, fuck, the end might not happen. So I turned my car off, gassed up, got in the car. As I got in the car, Rollins got choked out. And I was like, okay, cool. So, you know Cape, this is going to be a big local reference, so I'm in the, I'm at the roads across from Cape Splash, and if you go to that back road, you can drive maybe like, maybe a quarter of a mile and there's a parking lot. Like a big parking lot, I don't know what for, it's definitely not for the roads, but there's just like a, an empty parking lot, it's always empty whenever I drive by it. And, so I had kept Peacock on, I was like, alright, cool, Rollins one started my car, or I was, my car was started, so I left. And, the second I heard... Are we still on the air? I pulled into that parking lot and watched <laughs> the rest of it because I was like, no, I'm not going to try to... Because like I was maybe less than a mile home at that point. But mm-hmm. there's so many cars on my drive that park, yeah. and I'm like, no, I'm not going to try to watch this and drive at the same time. Um, so I pulled over to the parking lot and watched the uh, White Rabbit uh, reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's all I saw of it. I saw a couple of clips that you sent me on TikTok from uh, Shane or no uh, Gunter getting the shit kicked out of him by the brawling brutes Mm -hmm. to, I don't remember what it was. I was kicking him in the nuts or something like that, but, or that might've just been on my regular TikTok feed, but I really hadn't seen a whole lot from this pay-per-view because I was working as it happened. Yeah. I just could, I, cause I knew, I knew you were working. I knew you couldn't watch it live, but I couldn't remember if we like talked about if you had gone back and, and rewatched it. And honestly, there is, it's, I would say, it's worth going back and watching mm-hmm. like it's not okay. Well, the majority of it is worth going back and watching. Yeah. I'm not going to watch Rhonda and live. No, that, no, 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 no. But, um, the, the six man, good old fashioned Donnie Brook match, brawling brutes, Seamus, Ridge Holland and Butch defeated Imperium, Gunther, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Uh, that one was great. Like that was just that was exactly what you would expect it to be. Yeah. And one thing that I really enjoy about this match is that Sheamus and Gunther have such incredible chemistry together that it somehow like translates to all six of these guys. Like they just they just fit together. And it's it's great. Like if they said that they were doing this match again, I would not have a problem with it. Oh yeah, no, they just, they they all have a very understanding of what everybody is going to do, and how mm-hmm. they do it. I hadn't seen this match, or I have not seen this match yet, but I have seen a lot of the interactions that these six men have had, and it's like, yeah, it's almost like they were put strictly on this earth to fuck with each other. And, and let me tell you one thing that I really, really loved about it, because you'll appreciate it, is like, so you've seen the clips of them all kind of like screwing with each other, they, the whoever helped agent it and whoever like put the match itself together 
did a very good job of it, like, making sense in the flow of it, making sense. Like, the opening bit of Imperium kind of, like, even though it's three on three, them taking one person from the other team out so that they always have, like, a numbers advantage. Yeah. And they just, like, they stay, it's it's less, this guy's, these two are fighting over here, these two are fighting over here, these two are fighting in the ring. Like, there was some of that, of course, but, like, they did a really good job of making them, f- like, both sides feel like a unit. That's cool. Yeah, it was, like, I I loved this match. Like, this was a, a ton of fun to start off the show. It was awesome. And, like, I want to see, even, so now that our dreams of Lashley versus Gunther at Survivor Series are thoroughly dashed. Oh, real hard. Uh, If Sheamus is the one to give Gunther his first main roster loss as like actually losing because imperium lost but it wasn't gunther that got pinned it was it was kaiser i believe um like that would make sense also someone i think on reddit maybe or twitter pointed out that in his entire wwe career like counting nxt and nxt uk gunther has lost cleanly i think twice that's some good booking like singles like yeah so good good on you wwe for making him feel like a big deal uh the next match was the extreme rules match for the smackdown women's championship uh ronda rousey defeated Liv morgan it just it just wasn't very good there there was a lot like they they tried very hard and i'm not trying to be like overly critical but just a lot of stuff didn't work how they wanted it to a lot of stuff didn't look like I'm sure they wanted it to. It it just this this one was kind of a mess. Um, on top of the fact that like I was already gonna knock it. This could have been a five star, instant classic, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker at WrestleMania at level match. But Ronda Rousey leaving as champion is automatically gonna make me give it a like one star. Yeah, the result <laughs> wasn't gonna make you happy. Yeah. Um. So it just that happened uh carrion cross defeated drew mcintyre in a strap match this is another one that was just kind of like two beefy men slapping meat but like if you're only gonna watch a few matches i would say you could probably cut this one as well gotcha just because the fin the the do you know what happened in it no so the finish was ended up being scarlet pepper spraying mcintyre and that let cross get the win um after he hit um i'm blanking on the name of his finisher but he hit his finisher after but it it was the pepper spray that led to it that led to it uh i will say they started it kind of interesting with like cross just refusing to put the strap like on his wrist he just was like nah nope not gonna do it bailed just, (laughs) just like the classic heel stall tactic can be very annoying, but at the same time, like every once in a while, when it when it when it hits for me, it hits for me. Mm-hmm. And this is an instance where I was like, "All right, I'll give it to you." This was, I'm okay with this. Like I wouldn't say it was bad, but it just it it didn't have that many like memorable things happen. Mm-hmm. I guess if I had to put it that way. Uh, next match was the ladder match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Belair defeated Bailey. Loved it. Again, like, that's not... You can't pretend to think that I'm surprised there at all. But it this was just really, really good. Bianca Belair is just carving such an incredible championship run with this with this Raw Women's Championship that, like she more than likely is going to end up on my wrestler of the year list just because she's been killing it. Bailey looked great, obviously, uh, in the match, the finish. I am genuinely surprised Bailey didn't lose teeth. Cause she ate the shit out of the ladder. Like it was one half of a ladder had broken off. Bailey was holding onto it. Bianca put her up on her shoulders and hit the KOD while Bailey was holding the ladder. So did it make any sense why Bailey would still be holding onto the ladder? None at all. Did it look cool as shit? 100%. <laughs> it definitely did. Like, it was very much f- fashion over function. But 
I'm not going to complain about it. Yeah, sometimes you need that. Sometimes you just need some stupid fuck shit. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it happens. And this was, and this was, in, it was in a fun way. It was, it, it was in a fun way. So, uh, I, yeah, like I said, I would, this, the, the brawling brutes and then the ladder match and then the last two matches, I would say if you, if you get a chance, if you have downtime and you just want to watch wrestling, check these out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I quit match, Finn Balor defeated Edge in what is the coolest entrance gear. Like, I'm a... Okay, folks, we need to have a talk. Dalton's here too, but this is this is for us. <laughs> Finn Balor's entrance. When I tell you that I have been thinking about this literally all week, <laughs> I need you to believe me. Between the remixed theme... Because he didn't come out to the normal Judgment Day theme, he came out to like his solo music, uh-huh. which was is kind of a remix of his old NXT theme, which was a friggin' killer theme. People gave the CFOs shit for like not being as like consistently great, but when they hit, they hit. Oh yeah, no, and, they had they put out some bangers, and Ballers was one of them. I, at least I'm pretty sure they did his. I assume so. I think so, yeah. But this new one, like, samples it. It's uh, I, I'm i very into it. The entrance mask that, that he wore with the jacket and then just, like, what he looks like as a human. I was just completely and totally on board for every aspect of it. And it was it, it was a very magical moment. And, I, and I, I'm glad that I got to share that with you here. If it was, if it literally wasn't for the Bray thing, this would have been my power of positivity. Yeah. And CFOs did do that theme, by the way. Okay, thank you. Yeah. The match itself was really good. Now, Dalton, I need to warn you, the official time listed on Wikipedia is 29 minutes and 55 seconds. Nice. Longest on the show by more than 10 minutes. Hell yeah. And it, but it... This isn't like, to me at least, it wasn't like the Edge and Orton last man standing match mm-hmm. that went like 45 minutes and it and you felt it. It did feel a little long, but the story that they told was worth it mm-hmm. because the way that they handled Judgment Day's interference, because I, I'm sorry to, to be the one to drop that, that you didn't get to see that stunning revelation on your own. But when Judgment Day interfered on Finn Balor's behalf, it made sense. Like, Ray came out. We finally got to see Dominic just fuck Ray up, which Michael Cole sold as, like, he just watched a murder. He just watched a man, like, light an orphanage on fire and then start throwing puppies inside. This was the worst, most heinous act he has ever seen, which made it kind of, like, I dug it. Like, it was way over the top, but... Yeah, I get it. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> but then they they eventually get Edge to quit because they Rhea takes out Rhea takes out Beth Phoenix, mm-hmm. and she has her set up for the concerto. Oh yeah, I saw. Okay, so I did see this finish because that's right when I got in the car or I heard okay. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dominic, Damian Priest, and Balor are holding Edge and just like. Say it. We want to hear it. Say it. Rhea's got the chair up. He says he quits. And then they're like, all right, well, should have done it sooner. And then Rhea, which I don't know if you've seen the hit, but it didn't look like a normal concerto. Like it looked like she did make contact. And I don't know if it was the way like that Beth kind of, you know, moved her head to make the hair bounce the way it kind of did, or if she did just like smash her head between two chairs, which I hope isn't the case. Cause like gross, mm-hmm. but it looked very good. Am I thrilled that this means that we are likely going to continue the edge and Finn Balor saga? Not necessarily. I don't understand why judgment day needs three feuds running simultaneously. Well, there's three, there's three members, Asa. Yeah. But two of them are like two of those feuds are with Balor. Well, it's because he's a very, very talented man. I mean, it's true. If anyone can handle it, it's Finn, Finn. Balor. Have you yeah. seen the abs? Irish daddy, yeah. Hmm. Didn't mean to make that sound. So, 
There's that. Um, <laughs> yes, you did. You totally did. The, the weird thing is, I actually did. It just happened. <laughs> but the, but the match itself was good. It, it it kind of is like a story of two matches, like before the interference and they're, as they're like fighting around the arena, and then the back part where they really kind of get into the finish. But it was good. It is. It was also funny. Like some of the times, the ref asked, "Do you quit?" It was like he just bounced his head off the announcer's desk. Give him a second. Been like, do you quit? Do you quit? And it's been like, you know what? Yeah, fuck it. I'm out. This isn't worth it. This isn't Bye. fun. I don't <laughs> like this. This is stupid. And then the main event was the fight pit match. Matt Riddle defeating Seth freaking Rollins by submission. Um, it, it was a good main event. It was a good match. It was. It, I don't know if I, it's probably my least favorite of the fight pit matches, just mm-hmm. because it very much was a like wrestling match still, which is fine. I just, and also with Daniel Cormier as the referee, like he didn't really do anything. Like he got in Riddle's face once, he got in Rollins' face once. So you're here to fight him, you're not here to fight me. Yeah, as someone who only heard it, I did really appreciate Cormier saying that multiple times. Yeah. Just like, you're not fighting me, which none of them fucking would want to, because that's a a whole ass man. But yeah, no. I uh, from what I heard, it sounded like a fun match, but it did also sound like they did a lot of. It was a lot of professional wrestling inside of it. It really was, especially like the extended stretch they did at the top of the cage and the like. So Riddle hits the RKO on the the platform above the ring, and he's like, "Count him, count him," and he's like, "No, the count can only happen in the ring." Then why is there a platform up there? Okay, yeah, that was I didn't I didn't dig that as much. Um, and Cormier did a good job as ref and like, he played his part of just like, no, the ref that you actually can't bully. He did that very well. I just wish there would have been some sort of payoff. And maybe if the end of the show wasn't the end of the show, maybe we would have gotten something like that. Or maybe if this wasn't the main event Mm -hmm. and it happened earlier in the night, we could have gotten, you know, him laying out Rollins or something like that, but it really just didn't go anywhere. Which I guess it doesn't necessarily have to, but it kind of felt like a, it felt like a missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. I'm hearing my cats do some fuck shit, so if you want to start describing what happens next, and I'll be back in a minute, because they've been fucking some stuff up, and I just heard a crash. So yeah. I will be right back. I'm yeah, going to mute no, my microphone. Good. So then, after the main event, Cormier announces Riddle, uh, Riddle taps out Rollins, which I also think is a good call, because... Riddle needed some momentum depending on like what's going on next for him. Rollins, we've talked about this on the show before. Rollins is kind of just Teflon at this point. Nothing sticks to him. He does, you know, his character is so, and his status is so cemented that like constantly eating all of these losses doesn't really hurt him at all. Even though I would like to see Rollins get more, you know, definitive wins. Hopefully that turns around now that he's the United States champion. But that'll be that'll remain to be seen. And also, like, I've I've talked myself to death about why I don't like Matt Riddle. But if they are going to portray him as a character, like he did kind of need something to to hold on to because he's been getting demolished in these promos. He has just been getting wrecked in the promos. And then Rollins beat him in the first match. So maybe they'll do a third one. Maybe they'll because they did it. They did point out that Riddle can't challenge for the world titles, the uwu championship since as while roman has it that maybe this could eventually maybe not right away but eventually lead to a riddle rollins u.s title match which is possible so cormier and riddle are up on the ramp they're walking backwards we get the we get the little stinger at the end of the show and the corner the end of the show marker and then all the lights go out Crowd loses their minds. You hear Cole on commentary, like Dalton said. You're like, wait, are, are we still on the air? What's going on? Are we still live? What's going on? The music kicks in. It's someone, Bray, singing. The He's got the whole world in his hands. Very, very slowly and creepily. And as Dalton's sitting down now, so I'm going to kind of just... A little bit of time. Uh, everything good? Uh, yeah, 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 everything's fine. Okay. Yeah, just one drawer was opened up, and, um, 
It was it was a little bit. That's not terrible. Especially because of the havoc that cats can wreck. But uh so I just got to the 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 lights shut down. The someone on I think it was on Twitter posted the oh man, even the NXT even the NXT call up or the even the fake pay-per-view finish uh got called up from NXT. And it's yeah. like okay, that's I I like that joke. Um lights go out, he's got the whole world in his hands starts. Uh we get the spotlights going around the arena to now human-sized versions of the various Firefly Funhouse puppets. Uh we get it starts with Huskus and then it goes to Abby the Witch who also shout out to Bray Wyatt. Abby is now wearing the Luke Harper, um, the Luke Harper Bludgeon Brothers mask, which is just a super cool touch. Also, she had some championship belts next to her. Yeah, but I couldn't tell if that was like a, like two fans had it, because if you also watch one of them, there's a fan that just like pops in. And then pops out, and I feel like it was that one, like just a dude's face. So I'm like, yeah. I I had the same thought of it, but I but it also the way that it was lit kind of made it seem, it kind of made it seem intentional, like it was there for a reason. But granted, we still don't really know what's going to happen. Um. So. The um, it goes Huskus, Abby the Witch, Ramblin' Rabbit. Mercy Buzzard. Um, it does a flash. There's something on the announce table. Uh, there's like a severed head. So, but I think it's the I think it's the burned fiend mask. Yes. Is that what? Okay, because that's like, what I mean. I that's have, what it looked like. That's what I assumed it was. Okay, that and that's kind of what I thought it looked like as well. Um, and then we get the fiend himself at ringside there. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts back to the black. We get the glowing door, the doorway that opens up and now it's glowing. Um, or, no, or does it cut to the, does it cut to the abandoned funhouse before that? I feel like we saw everything before we got to the funhouse. Like, I think we saw all the characters before it showed the funhouse. I could be wrong. I don't, yeah, I don't remember either. Um, but well, so, and then it goes, we hear the like broken, distorted Firefly Funhouse theme. Uh, we walk through the Funhouse. It's all dusty and cobwebs and all the puppets are laying there abandoned and lifeless because no one's been there for so long. Uh, then it goes, then we get the the door with the glowing light, which people are kind of like putting next to uh, Brody Lee's debut in AEW of the entryway with the bright blue uh, white light. And then Bray himself walks out uh, with the lantern, new mask, uh, takes off the mask, reveals that it is in fact Bray Wyatt, because at that point I was still just like, man, if this is fucking Gacy or something and they're fucking with us, I'm going to be mad. That would be a very like, so don't get me wrong. That would have been very entertaining to see. But I think the amount of backlash they would have gotten on that if they were like, it's not The Fiend, or it's not Bray, that would have been rough. Like, that would have been mm-hmm. like when Rey Mysterio came out at number 30 that one time, when everybody yeah. wanted it to be Brian. Like, and, that would have been bad. And you know it really spotlights the the idea that one thing that we give AEW credit for, and now something the WWE should get credit for, is like, when the fans very clearly want a thing, and you're making it very obvious what the what the good choice is. Sometimes it's nice to just get that. You don't always need to swerve us. You don't always yeah. need to, to, to trick us. So. Um, so, Dalton, I'm going to ask you, because I we haven't talked about this at all. Do you think that Bray Wyatt is back alone? Or do you think that they're, they're, he's going to do like the stable? Because now you know his Twitter's the Wyatt Six. There's the that the there's that many characters combined because it's Bray Rabbit Mercy, uh, 
Abby Huskis fiend. I see. I don't know. And they're doing this thing where they're not telling us right away. And I don't know how I feel about it because at one side I'm like, yeah, I could like, it would be neat if it was six people, but at the same time, I don't know how I feel about a stable of six people over this whole new idea. Like it could be great, but the last time that WWE gave us, and it was a different WWE at the time. So I, it's, I can't grade it on the same scale, but the last time we had a stable of people that all just kind of got called up at the same time was retribution. And we all saw how that turned out. Um, again, and I did say totally different situation. I'm just basing it off precedent. I am just basing it off precedent because again, the time before that, where it was a bunch of people that we didn't know before was the shield. So like it's (laughs) like, again, like (laughs) it's very touch or go depending on what it is. If this actually gets to breathe in Triple H, let's like Bray kind of like nah, get weird with it. Go go ahead and get weird with it. Do what you need to do. Like mm-hmm. then yes, let's go. I bet it would be very entertaining. But um, yeah, no. I it's also one of those where I'm like, oh, this could be. I I kind of just want it to be Bray. I kind of just want it to be Bray. And these were just that was just his manifestations coming into a physical reality, but not staying there. Yeah, and I would be, I would also be okay with it. Like, I'm, I'm good either way. Yeah. Like, I think a stable could be fun, but at the same time, like, it would be nice to see a more grounded version of Bray. And also, shout out to the mask, uh, the black phone looking mask. That was cool. I did yeah. that. So, it'll be interesting to see. He's supposed to be on SmackDown tomorrow, so maybe we'll get a little bit there. But until then, we'll talk more about it next week. But it was fun, and I dug it. It was super well done. Like, it was just, it it was a really, really cool way to uh, end off the segment. I will say one one negative thing about it, though. The fact that they used White Rabbit so much, the song by Jefferson Airplane, and we still haven't heard it on television, is equal parts brilliant that they don't have to pay to play it on television, but also, like, I want to hear it. I want to see him walk out to White Rabbit at least once, even if it's not his theme going forward. I want to see it on TV. But that was Extreme Rules. Let us know what you thought of the show. If you watched it, what you thought of the Wyatt reveal, what you think that's where you think that's going to go, because there's so many different ways. And I feel like no one is guessing it correctly because he's just going to do something wild. Jumping into the news of the week. I'm going to no particular order order here on the list. Uh, John Moxley has signed a five year extension with AEW that includes him taking on a coaching role, uh, a little bit more backstage responsibility. It also limits his outside wrestling appearances to official AEW partners such as New Japan and AAA. Um, which one does? They have the triple say, which... Yeah, Dash and or wow. Uh, <laughs> no, you just, Dax, Dax, Dax and Cash, and Cash Dash. Yeah, they have the triple uh, A title right now. So okay, yeah. So, but there, there's that. That's cool. Um, I've seen people talk about like how that adds stability to the AEW locker room, just because like you've got the whole brawl out situation still in question and all of that. So. And also Moxley has proven himself is just like when he says he's the heart and soul of AEW, like, yeah, no, there's there's not a very there. There is a strong argument for that to, to be just completely true. Uh, speaking of John Moxley, Renee Paquette is all elite. She made her debut last night in Toronto. They were in Toronto, weren't they? Yes, Ontario. Yeah. OK, yeah, because I knew they were in Canada for sure. Um she came out and got just like the reaction she got made me so happy. Oh yeah. Uh, her reaction was really solid. And again, it helped that they did it in Canada where she's from. Like, but also she is a backstage interviewer Mm -hmm. and she got that kind of reaction. Now don't get me wrong. She's like the best backstage interviewer interviewer in quite a while. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, it's, it's really neat to see her get that. I really hope that they do more with her than just like, is the person interviewing someone and then gets interrupted. Like, I want to see her, I want to see her get like a, not necessarily like an RJ city type show, but like, give her something like that. Make her AEW's Gene Okerlund. 
because she has the ability to host that, host that kind of talk show. Someone someone said that they should do a AEW version of Talking Smack with her, uh, Danielson, and Eddie Kingston. And if you think I would miss a single second of that every week, you are out of your mind. Because that would be incredible. Let me see. Uh, Nigel McGuinness was released from WWE, which is a bummer because I thought he did a really good job as a commentator. Yeah, same. Um, so just he's done. He is like he's been on record more than once saying that he's probably never going to wrestle again, which totally fine. Um, but like someone needs to pick him up for something, like either yeah. as a, a backstage agent. Or a like coach, um, because the dude is, uh, one of the most underrated talents in the last like 15 years, right? In every aspect that he's done, yeah, like, he was a phenomenal wrestler, he did really good at commentary, like, he so just, he has a lot of knowledge there. Like, that is a that is a, a untapped wealth of knowledge that a really, um, a really quick, fun Nigel McGinnis story. There was a short time where I was going to Strides training um, in twenty, like mid to late twenty twenty, because Jay and I had a series of matches that I needed to be there for, so we could like go over spots and stuff. So we would practice some of them. And um, there was this I cannot remember his name. I don't think he trains anymore. But we were talking about he was asking people to watch, and me and Jay both love Nigel McGinnis. And we were talking about Nigel McGuinness a lot and his matches that day in training anyway. And we said, yeah, go watch Nigel McGuinness. And he was like, you mean the NXT commentator? And I don't think me and Jay for real almost beat the shit out of someone simultaneously at the same time. But we thought about it. Like, it was it was almost a thing. Because we were like, yes, but no. But yes, because he wasn't wrong. But at the same time, what the fuck? Yeah, that one is a... Uh... That's rough. That's rough to hear. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't think you've told me that before. Yeah, it was. And I, kudos to you for, for your restraint. Yeah. Because I genuinely am surprised that you didn't just start talking all the shit. We were very polite about it. And we were <laughs> like, you need to Google Nigel McGinnis and learn who that is. And Ring of Honor. Yeah, because that he was like one of the most impressive wrestlers in a really, really long time. Yeah. Those matches he had with with Danielson like kind of helped cement ROH. Insane. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next story. So originally, Vice was going to air the Vince McMahon documentary um, on October eighteenth, but that now now the current product listing or uh, program listing has changed. So we don't know when that's going to be. It was the the Nine Lives of Vince McMahon is what it was called. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we have a new release date on it, but hopefully that will be soon because very, very interested to see how that one comes out. Uh, Soraya says that she has been cleared to wrestle. Uh, there has now been, there's a lot of information that kind of contradicts other information out there. So that is what I'm sticking with as far as this story goes, because there was a fightful select report that came out that said that WWE pretty much said the door was closed on her competing, but that they also had told her that if she wanted to wrestle, that they could make that happen. Uh, and that the previous Vince McMahon regime did not, they were the ones that, th- that made the decision to not renew her contract and that they were the ones that were like, no, we're, we're done with this. Allegedly, that then surprised Triple H, who was just like, why would you let that happen? Uh, told her that the door was open, and if that she wanted to wrestle, they could make that happen. And then she said that, or, and then in that report also said that she had gone to like three different doctors to get cleared. And she was cleared by three different doctors. But it was WWE that was like, no, we're not going to like, okay... It, it's it's odd, but then she was on Twitch and said that she didn't want to wrestle again and that it was a mental thing. So it's an odd situation. The initial story of like, oh, AEW's Doctor Sampson has cleared her to wrestle, kind of made a lot of people nervous because that's the same. That was like, no, Matt Hardy is good to wrestle after his head bounced off the concrete after falling like ten feet off the ladder. Yeah, that was rough. So you know, obviously. It would be would it be cool to see her compete in AEW? Yes. But 
as always, only if she can do it safely. You know, that is the... Every, it's almost like the, the subtitle of the show at this point. Is please just, please just be okay. So, but as more comes out, maybe we'll get some clarifications. Maybe she'll comment on, you know, the report, the Fightful report that came out. Who knows? But obviously the most important thing is that she is healthy and is able to just live an actual life, whether or not that involves competing in the ring anymore or not. Um, so if you, if you listened last week, we previewed both Bound for Glory and Extreme Rules. I did not get a chance to watch Impact. I just, I, I, uh, stuff came up on Friday. I wasn't able to watch it. And then I just haven't had a chance this weekend to, I, I still want to, I still want to, because apparently that show was amazing. And Josh Alexander versus Eddie Edwards was as good as I thought it could have been. So I'm excited to check that out. I know, uh, Dylan, if you're listening to this, I know you saw it from what I could tell, like you really enjoyed the show. So I'm very, very happy because impact is cool. And speaking of impact, some contract news, it does look like that a number of people are finished up with impact. Um, namely Mia Yim, Mike and Maria Bennett, Matt Taven, Vincent, uh, they are all out of impacts, uh, contractually. We knew some of those were coming up. Uh, we knew apparently it turns out that Vincent was actually backstage at raw. There's reports now that WWE has interest in signing Matt Taven potentially, uh, there, Mia Yim is someone that I would love to see her in AEW with the caveat of like, let's make sure that AEW is treating their women's roster a little bit more solid. Yeah. Cause I did, I did like what she did in impact quite a bit. And on the other side of that, there were a number of people who have confirmed to have signed on, uh, either extensions or re-signed deals, including Eric Young, Chris Bay and crazy Steve. So that is cool. Uh, let's see real quick, uh, because there's not a ton of story to it, but on top of Bray Wyatt returning on Saturday, we also got another return in the good brothers are back in WWE. They showed up to help out AJ Styles against judgment day in one of their many, many feuds (laughs) that's, that's ongoing. And the, the most interesting part of that is that Carl Anderson is the current neverweight champion. So, apparently, both Gallows and Anderson are no longer, they are working in New Japan without contracts. So, it'll be interesting to see what kind of, you know, do they just strip Anderson of the title? Do they get to continue to do stuff with New Japan? Because if they do, in the last several years, I really can't think of anyone. I know da- uh, Danielson said that they were willing to try to make that happen to keep him. So with AEW having such a close-knit relationship with New Japan, now that Gallows and Anderson are officially signed to WWE, it, it's very interesting. The, the The landscape in this is is pretty interesting, so... Yeah, I again, I'm just how happy that Gallows and Anderson are are getting paid, baby. So, someone on again, it was someone on Twitter said that you Jeff Jarrett and the Good Brothers. One thing you never have to cons- worry yourself is if they're going to secure the bag or not, because that, the answer is yes every time, every fucking time. And then last bit of news is also some New Japan news. They have announced a new championship. The New Japan, the IWGP television championship has been revealed. The It will be a tournament. This is a, par- uh, a tournament to crown the first champion. The first tournament match is actually tomorrow, Friday. Uh, and then the finals of the tournament for the actual championship will happen at Wrestle Kingdom. This is a championship that they've said every title... Ma- this is coming straight from New Japan. Every title match will be contested with a 15-minute time limit, encouraging a rapid style in the ring. Uh, would also like to see the younger wrestlers on the roster compete for the title. So this is kind of like... This is this reminds me of like a cruiserweight title or like an X-Division championship. So 
I think the idea of the championship itself is neat, and I'm excited to see some of the matches that come from it. The actual design of the title... Looks like dog shit. It, it is certainly a design. I know I've already shown it to you, Dalton, but I'm just sending it to you. Oh, again. God, it looks so bad. You know what it looks like in this image? It looks oh, like a wait, ring. But, oh, yeah, it does look like a ring. Because like, of the, looks, the band around it. looks like a gaudy it. man ring. Um, yeah. Th- th- I will say, the more I look at it, the less I hate it. Um, when they hold it here... Let me, I'm going to send you another image here. This makes me dislike it a lot less. Like, seeing it to scale with, like, an actual adult and seeing someone hold it. I think it's one of those things where it's like every time there's a new championship, we always complain about it, how it looks. But then after a month, we have completely forgotten about it. Yeah. So. And again, hopefully that's what it is. Because, yeah, like... Fingers crossed. God damn. I'll throw these images on our Twitter, too, real quick. Um, so if you're not following us, at Nerdiest Part... You can see what exactly we're talking about if you haven't seen these yet. So, um, and as far as I know, that is the news for the week. That's an Extreme Rules review. We're coming in at uh, just over 45 minutes. Dalton, do you have anything for playing with ourselves? Um, so I did get, oh, it's been a big wrestling figure week for me. Um, I've, I finally got the finish to my new generation set. My macho came in Tuesday. Monday or Tuesday. I finally opened it yesterday. Um, it was worth all $250 I spent on it. I Let's be real. I only bought the new generation set for that. Uh, it's yeah. super dope. I love it. It's awesome. Uh, I kept everything else. I haven't sold anything yet, but it's it's a good set. So I like now that I have everything uh, from it, totally worth the $250. Honestly, it was worth $250 without Macho Man. Um, Macho kind of feels like a neat little coupon for it, where it's just, oh, you got this extra for it. <laughs> Um, I got the, uh, whole, um, Survivor Series Build-A-Figure set, uh, which is kind of lame, but there's two really dope-ass figures in it, and, well, three, the Becky's really neat, but, um, if you've got all the pieces you got to build, uh, Rick Rude, which is neat, it's even more neat because you have to buy two whole sets if you want both versions because they gave you both heads he had whenever he appeared on both Monday Night Raw and WCW Monday Night Nitro. And I don't know why that's so funny to me, but it is. The root is neat. It's a suited body, so like those are always helpful. You can pop the head off and put Vince or Triple H on it, and it works. Um, but they did a flashback Drew McIntyre. Um, from his chosen one days, full broken dreams, Drew. That is a really cool figure because the the vest that came with it's pretty cool. And they so did. Re- Go ahead. Real quick pause because I need you to know because I don't think you believe me when I said this. Oh no! After I realized that you were being completely sincere on not knowing who it was, I was like, "Oh, okay." Because Dalton sent me just a product, like a promo picture for it, and the the photo that he sent was a terrible proto picture. Or a promo picture. Because you couldn't see his hair. Like, the the it looked like the lighting made his hair look blonde. You couldn't see the ponytail. It was... It, it was... And I was like, I have no idea who this is. I recognized the jacket, but because the, like, face and the hair looked so wrong, I couldn't make the connection that it was McIntyre. But, like, yeah. when you sent me the one, it, it did look... I will say it looked a lot better. Yeah. And, like, that's a figure that I didn't know I wanted, honestly. But it was super cool to see. Like, it, it's super cool to have it, not to see. I have a couple of the Oval IC titles, and he's going to be getting one of those um, because I think it's really cool. Um, the Scarlet Witch-inspired uh, Becky gear is really neat. Um, I had to buy two of those because Sadie has that super fucking awesome. Anytime a Becky Lynch figure comes out, she has to have a mint on, mint on Carter, mint in box. Um, I don't like the warrior the ultimate warrior figure because i have the wrestlemania where he wrestled uh hogan's warrior figure so like i don't need any other warriors oh i have that one and then i have the wcw warrior those are the only two warriors i feel like anybody truly needs um because you have like the highest point in his career and the lowest point in his career and there's really no other reason to have anything else and then the aj styles is from the survivor series where he had he was the captain of the raw team and 
they have not updated the AJ Styles head in like three and a half years, and it's the same one it has been. And um, also, it's that raw gear where it's AJ Styles gear down one, and then it has Captain like right on the like on the thigh, and then it has raw going down the side of it. So like you can't really do anything with that figure like in putting it with a group of other figures and it making sense. So I I don't know. It was a it was a mess set to be honest, uh, but I really wanted the Rick Rude for my DX uh, team. Yeah, because you have, you have like, probably one of the cooler sets of DX, plus you've done some, like, custom work on them, too. Yeah, so. I've done a lot of swippages and swappages to make it the way I wanted it. Yeah. Uh, and then one last thing, and then we are done for the week, uh, just because I, for- I forgot to mention it when we were talking about Bray. Did you see Eva Marie tweet the video uh-uh. uh, that she tagged Wyatt in? It's her throwing a Lily doll into the trash can. And it says, if I make this, I come back to WWE. And oh, then no. the video ends with that same logo that ended the pay-per-view. Huh. So that's a thing not. that happened. I really hope not. So, uh, I guess yeah. if she's not. Yeah, no, I hope not. I, I don't even want to try to put a qualifier on that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that's just some A plus troll bait. Yeah, but who knows? Maybe we'll find out uh, something more on tomorrow night on SmackDown. But uh, that is it for the week. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, if you like the show, if you like us, let us know. Send us something nice on the Twitter. Uh, send this episode to your friends. Recommend us. Give us a good rating on the podcast services. You can follow me on Twitter at the five star man with the number five. You can follow Dalton at Twitter at Mr. D. Anthony N P O T R. You can follow the show at Twitter at Nerdiest Part. And until next time, thank you again. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you taking the time out of your day to listen to us. And as always, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and watch more wrestling.